You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. My guest on this episode of Talking Taiwan is Quanting Chen, the CEO of Taiwan Next Gen Foundation, which is an NGO, a non-governmental organization founded in Taipei that focuses on various issues such as Taiwan's soft power, promoting democracy, educational policy research, public advocacy, and issues related to domestic and foreign policy. He shared his thoughts on Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the comparisons being made between Ukraine and Taiwan. And I asked him how people in Taiwan have been reacting to the situation. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by Taiwan Elite Alliance and the Taiwanese United Fund. The Taiwan Elite Alliance was established in 2000 to promote Taiwanese and Taiwanese-American arts and literature and to protect and enhance the human rights, freedom, and democracy of the people in Taiwan. The Taiwanese United Fund is an arts and culture foundation that celebrates the cultural heritages of Taiwanese Americans. Established in 1986, the foundation's mission is to facilitate cultural exchange between the Taiwanese American community and other American cultural communities, hoping to enrich and expand our cultural experiences. To learn more about TUF, visit their website at www.tufusa.org. Now, without further ado, here's our interview. Welcome to the podcast, Quanting. Thank you, Felicia. It's an honor. I wanted to have you on the podcast uh, to talk about the situation going on with Ukraine. It's hard to believe it's already been a month since uh, Russia decided to invade Ukraine. And you had written a piece for Kadakalan Media with your thoughts about this because there have been a lot of comparisons being drawn between the situation in Ukraine and Taiwan. So what can you tell me about the history of the conflict between Ukraine and Russia, first of all? Um, Well, I'm not a specialist in the region. I understand that Ukraine and Russia have a long history of interaction. Much of that interaction has been defined by conflict, unfortunately. Um, Ukraine uh, endured a devastating famine during the 20th century, early 20th century, due to the policies of the Soviet Union, uh, which was a founding member along with Russia. And I also note that the Budapest uh, Memorandum on Security Assurance was signed uh, uh, on December, 19, December 5, 1994. Um, this memorandum prohibited Russia, United Kingdom and United States from the rating or use military force against Ukraine, uh, Kazakhstan, and Belarus. So um, I tend to believe that this deviling dip into the depths of history to justify or explain present-day conflicts tend to serve uh, the interests of aggressors. Um, So this is very unfortunate that uh, we saw this development for the last few weeks. Uh, especially on the Russian aggressions against Ukraine. Uh, They are trying to use a historic uh, example to justify their cause, but it is and still is an illegitimate uh, aggression against Ukraine. Why do you think that people are drawing parallels between what's happening in the Ukraine and Taiwan? I mean, that's obvious Mm -hmm. to you and I, Mm -hmm. but is it a fair analogy, and why do you think people are drawing this comparison? 
Um, people did the same between Hong Kong and Taiwan. Uh, mm-hmm. Frankly, it's useful to an extent in terms of um, geopolitical, geopolitical uh, signaling, but uh, uh, specifics on the ground are quite distinct. Geographically, uh, Taiwan obviously has the advantage of being surrounded by hundreds-mile-wide moat, a massive impediment to any potential uh, a great, uh, occupier. So if the barrier was closed, Taiwan might have, uh, well, Taiwan has few viable landing zones. Uh, if the primary method of deployment was airborne, that also poses challenges to us and them. Um, so Ukraine, on the other hand, uh, is a flat plains country with a long land border with Russia. So geographically speaking, there's a big difference. Uh, technically, prior to this large-scale invasion, there had already been an invasion and conflict happening in Donbas, right, in eastern Ukraine for seven, mm-hmm. eight years. So this is simply an escalation of much longer project um, of uh, dismantlement. So politically, both situations are extremely complex and distinct. Um, at at a glance, we see a large country in oppositions with a labor order directing a small country supported by that order. So the similarities end there. Though, uh, while Ukraine was uh, pursuing a security arrangement with the West, Taiwan has won. Um, on the other hand, Ukraine is recognized by most of the world as a sovereign nation, uh, while Taiwan is not. So there are uh, quite many differences. Uh, between Taiwan and Ukraine. What about Russia and China? How would you compare them to each other? And what are your thoughts on the Russia-China relationship? Uh, Well, both of them are, in my opinion, are fundamentally weak, insecure, and volatile autocracies that are using each other as the only crunch that they have available to themselves. And these countries are moving uh, headlong into a very uh, bleak future, a war with two zones, one of which is regressive and will have its people live decades in the past to preserve power. So I feel sorry for Russian and Chinese people, and I hope that one day both countries experience a, a reinsistence of uh, freedom. But uh, I think it's quite hard, especially under this circumstance uh, for Russians. But there's still hope for China because they haven't gone that far. But just one step farther, they might put themselves in that difficult situation, just like Russians. So um, I believe both Putin and Xi Jinping have uh, created environments where they are not receiving objective information. And that's why they will continue to make decisions that seems uh, ill-planned, like uh, Putin made uh, this time. Um, so um, I think that we are all keeping in mind that uh, while praying for, uh, for for the people of Ukraine, uh, the actions that democratic liberal countries are taking now, sanctions, etc., are showing the Chinese regime what could happen if they move on Taiwan. So this is a deterrence to China, right? So Russia-China alliance could prove to be a helpful self-quarantine of those nations from the international system. This is very crucial times 
I think international society needs to make uh, a clear message. They need to give a clear message to, to, to China as well. We, we don't know how good they are. We don't know how big they are because they haven't fought any major wars since, I don't know, since Vietnam War, uh, China-Vietnam mm -hmm. conflicts. So we don't know. Just like we did mm -hmm. not know how 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 bad Russia uh, is on this you know invasion to Ukraine, so we don't know yet. So uh, at this very moment, I, I don't think uh, it is safe to say China is ranked uh, number three of military power in the world because there's no way to prove uh, how good or how bad they are. So that's uh, first of all, they did not they do not have experience on the real uh, war. Um, economically speaking, so um, although we see a tremendous growth of uh, GDP for the past two decades, uh, but uh, according to the most updated uh, uh, information uh, from all public information, they already stated that China uh, might uh, have like only 5.5% of economic growth this year's and years to come. So uh, uh, we see a power that is uh, moving to a more uh, you know, close economy uh, that is not welcoming foreign enterprises. So I don't see any potential for them to grow uh, in the next decade. So I would say economically and militarily speaking, uh, they are not in a good uh, position to uh, compete the West. What has been China's response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine? Well, there was some uh, waffling from Chinese foreign ministry. Um, after all, their whole foreign policy line is about respecting the territorial sovereignty of nations and incursions into Ukraine where they have an embassy. It's hard to spin, right? <laughs> so the most recent word I saw from Wang Yi uh, was that mm -hmm. uh, China supports a ceasefire but did not want to mediate. Uh, China doesn't make mm -hmm. sense as a mediator anyway. They are far too aligned with Russia and sign off on the invasion. As I mentioned earlier in this interview, uh, the Budapest Memorandum right, uh, prohibit the Russia Federation, the United Kingdom and the United States from directing or using military forces, economic coercion against Ukraine. And I, I think uh, China and France also get somewhat, uh, you know, assurance in this uh, document. But again, this is not like official treaty, but still, uh, it is a message to the international society. And it's a message from China to Ukraine. So I had a chance to interview uh, some Ukraine uh, students in Taiwan on the, the situation. And um, most of them are very upset about China's positions because they thought China could play more important role, ceasefires, issues related to you know, negotiating to Russia, uh, but they failed to do that. So they, some of them feel betrayed. So um, again, I think they are too aligned with Russia, and I think that's a big mistake, um, both on uh, geopolitics, a strategy, and on the, uh, you know, Considering the current situation, the trade war between uh, China and the United States aligned with Russia would only make it worse, and that would definitely hurt China's economy and its international reputation. So China can kind of come out of this better off if they try to appear as a good actor uh, in the international system. 
and punish Russia. They will have massive hostile power on their border if they support Russia. They face further economic turmoil. So this is a very <laughs> this is very bad situation for 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 China as well. They are stuck. They, <laughs> it appears that they cannot uh, support Ukraine. But they also cannot support Russia, so they are in a very difficult situation. But who made? Mm-hmm. Again, they 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 made themselves in this situation, right? If they decided to, uh, I have already answered this this question, but I just feel it's still difficult for Chinese leadership to respond <laughs> on Russia's right. invasion because no matter what they do, it it will just it will just make another enemy. It's either Ukraine yeah. and the rest of the mm-hmm. world or Russia. So. Well, it's so interesting that the students that you interviewed had this reaction that they were hoping that China could actually do something to negotiate or to help Ukraine. So I actually wanted to touch on that a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit about the relationship between Ukraine and China? Because I understand that China actually had a a lot of trade and its own relationship with Ukraine. So I had a chance to interview one student, which I uh, probably will not uh, reveal his or her name um, yes. under this situation. But they, according to them, they understand that China and Russia had very difficult time uh, at um, I think 1960s, mm-hmm. and they understand geopolitically speaking, Russia and China are competitors. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually a very weird time that Russia and China are getting that close. Uh, because they did have some conflicts uh, back in the uh, 60s. And they are, unlike Russia, who had direct conflict on territorial disputes uh, with Ukraine. China does not. On the other hand, they saw uh, Chinese businessmen, Chinese students in Ukraine, which means uh, resources, funds, or being, frankly, uh, money. Um, so they consider China as an economic giant uh, prior to the, you know, the, the war, the conflicts. Uh, but uh, after the Winter Olympics this year, more uh, leaks coming out um, from, from the, the cables um, and was shown on uh, mainstream media, I mean, CNN and more. Uh, how China is allowing Russia, I mean, not allowing because China cannot really allow anyone to do anything, but uh, understanding that Russia is going to send troops to invade Ukraine, yet did nothing to to stop it. Did not even try to convince Russia to uh, to take all the measurements. They actually really upset the people of Ukraine. Um, so if there's anyone, according to one of my interviewees, uh, that can stop Russia from this uh, intrusion, they will probably be China because of the economic uh, potential or economic uh, ties between China and Russia. So this is a very sad story, but uh, uh, when I hear him uh, telling me how he felt on uh, this whole uh, thing, I, I, I could sense the, his resentment. Uh, in a way, and also his uh, disappointment, uh, on the other hand. You um, wrote a piece in the Kadakana Media in which you wrote that you think it's unlikely that China will attack Taiwan at this time or take advantage of this situation. Why do you think it's unlikely that China would attack? 
the invasions of Ukraine has shown even more clearly that in terms of conventional warfare, a revolution in military affairs has occurred. So when you look at the news, we saw that uh, the javelins, uh, missile systems, uh, we saw the sting uh, missile system play a crucial role uh, in the, the Ukraine-Russian war. And it proves to be a very effective and efficient weapon systems. And that's uh, for asymmetric warfare. Um, and um, Taiwan, on the other hand, like Ukraine, uh, we are facing some sort of superpower just right next to our door. Pro we probably do not have that many tanks, that many fighter jets uh, like China, but we do have this shoulder-fired uh, anti-air, anti-tank missiles. Uh, this could make uh, Taiwan uh, very uh, compatible uh, against uh, POA. So you um, can see translate a military victory into a political one. Um, I think if the answer is no, he will not attack. If his personal grip on power became more uh, tenuous, the uh, threshold for what constitutes a political victory might lower. And I think the risk would increase. So um, in short, I think it's unlikely that China will take Taiwan uh, at this very moment. Again, that when, when we look at Ukraine, uh, the resources that Russia have to put, it's tremendous. They have to recalculate like the scale of the war. They have to uh, replan uh, the strategy uh, to Taiwan uh, because it will cost them too much. I haven't even included the economic sanctions um, mm -hmm. Because if we, we if if the Western society or uh, if the, the alliance of democracy already stated they will impose sanctions on China if they should take Taiwan, this could even deter uh, China from taking any uh, aggressive measurements against Taiwan. So deterrence uh, will be a key word, and I think uh, what happened uh, in Ukraine uh, could deter China from uh, attacking Taiwan at this time. And now for a short break. Talking Taiwan is a listener-supported podcast, and we want to take a moment to thank listeners like you for your generous contributions. You make our work possible. As the longest-running Taiwan-related podcast and a Golden Crane Award winner, we are dedicated to bringing you the stories connected to Taiwan and Taiwan's global community. And if you haven't already, you can make a contribution on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Talking Taiwan. That's interesting because some would say that perhaps China has a different timeline in terms of when they would want to have Taiwan reunify with them. You know, there's been a lot of talk about this more recently. What is Xi Jinping's timeline? Is it 2049? I think that's it date that comes to mind, um, the milestone which marks the 100 years of the founding of the People's Republic of China. So if that's the case, then perhaps they have a longer game in mind and they wouldn't be so hasty. But then that also brings up a lot of other questions of what their tactics would be. I'm not sure what you think of that. <laughs> so former Prime Minister of Japan, Abe, had made a statement uh, recently, I think two weeks ago, uh, stated mm -hmm. that uh, China might attack Taiwan very soon. 
but how soon? Is it、uh, five years, six years, or 2049?、Um, mm-hmm. We heard、uh, different opinions,、uh, but we do know that the threat is imminent,、um, and、um, that's why we have to be better prepared. And that's why there are a lot of discussions on、uh, raising the defense、uh, budget and uh, uh, extending the tide for the service in the military. Uh, um, various issues. So、um, I think we would never know because, after all, Xi Jinping who would make the decision. It's not us because we are not the one who would like to attack China. We are not the one who wants to、uh, claim territory that actually do not belong to them.、Um, so、um, it's really up to them. But but there are things that we can do to deter,、uh, which. As the aforementioned、uh, measurements, we need to raise our defense funds. We need to have more awareness on this situation.、Uh, people of Taiwan need to stand up against aggression, as we do now.、Uh, we stand with Ukraine. I think this is also a very important role for for Taiwan to take、uh, actions. If Ukraine、uh, succeed, this would probably deter. China from any、uh, you know recent、uh, attack on Taiwan because they will know even Russia and、uh, cannot defeat Ukraine. They probably will not even have a chance to cross the Taiwan Strait. Could you talk a little bit about what has been the reaction in Taiwan in response to the news that Russia invaded Ukraine? What was the initial reaction? And what is the general feeling there? Do you think people are concerned, afraid, or they feel threatened? We are all looking for the people of Ukraine.、Uh, we hope、uh, Ukraine can return to the status quo. In so far as the invasion was a direct attack on the international order, in which we all benefit. So yes, Taiwan was threatened by that that invasion, at least for the first two days.、Uh, But、um, in terms of raising our general threat awareness or concern, no.、Uh, Taiwan is well prepared for any contingency and is improving every day, as I mentioned,、uh, because we have learned from from Ukraine. Our domestic missile programs are one example of how we are ensuring our sovereignty for decades to come. So a new version of Xiongfeng.、Uh, Uh, missile system、um, is coming out too, and and there is a survey、um, actually、uh, being conducted just two days ago. Thirty-three、uh, percent more Taiwanese willing to fight for country after Russian invasion of Ukraine. So I think this uh, could uh, send a clear signal to to China as well. So you're saying that the survey indicates that more Taiwanese are will would be willing to fight if. Taiwan were to come under attack from China, yes, or that is some、correct. other force, right? Yes, and uh, uh, nearly seventy percent now support an extension of our mandatory military service. So that's another message to China. I see that there's been a lot of support. In Taiwan, there have been a number of rallies and demonstrations in support of Ukraine. Have you been to any of these rallies, and can you describe the atmosphere? Yes, I went there、uh, last Sunday,、um, and I I saw so many 
uh, teenagers uh, coming out, participating in the rally, and I also see uh, hundreds of uh, you know domestic and foreign students coming out. So I see the momentum um, of the people, not just from Taiwan, but um, other places around the world, uh, standing out. Uh, Staying with Ukrainians, and we feel related to to this whole situation.、Uh, we understand that it is not just a war against Russians. It's not a. I mean, the rally is not against Russians. It's not a demonstration against the people of Russia or the the Russia as a country. It's us against、uh, authoritarian regimes. And if we understand the whole situation, we'll know this is. A war against humanity, and、um, I think most of the people who participate in the rally understand that.、Um, so I'm kind of moved because they are not just you know 50 people or 100 people. There were like 2,000 people standing、mm-hmm. out、uh, with people from Europe, some place that they did not even、uh, they have never had a chance to to to、mm-hmm. visit. But they still feel related. So I think this tells a message. I mean, this gives a clear message to the authoritarian regimes or leader of、uh, authoritarian regimes. If you take actions, if you take uh, military uh, actions against liberal or democratic、uh, countries, there will be consequences. And this kind of rallies would not only happen in Taiwan. It will be everywhere. Even in Russia, so I was moved. You got to be there and feel the the the, the momentum to feel there was a really good、uh, rally. Yeah, it's very interesting, especially since you mentioned that there were so many young people who came out to show their support.、Uh, reminds me of the sunflower movement, which、uh, we're coming up on the eighth year. Anniversary and very interestingly, the flower of Ukraine is also the sunflower. Yes, yes, I I, I saw some、uh, of the symbols of sunflowers、uh, in that rally as well. So people、mm-hmm. who support the bad, people who support Hong Kong, people who support Ukraine,、mm-hmm. they all stand out on that specific date. This is、uh, the war against humanity, and this is also a war for humanity. I mean, a rally for humanity, a rally for liberal values, a rally for ideology. So,、mm-hmm. so Putin has made a really bad decision because now he's not just against Ukraine; he's against all of us. I'd like to talk a little bit about what the government of Taiwan has done to show support for Ukraine. What you could say were superficial things like lighting up the Taipei 101 or different. Uh, landmarks in the colors of the Ukraine flag. That there have been some actual concrete things done to show support for Ukraine.、Um, so the, for the past two years, we have Taiwan Can Help campaign.、Uh, we provide、uh, medical supplies to, to the world, whoever、uh, or whenever they are needed.、Uh, so at this time,、um, I think the Ministry of Foreign、uh, Affairs assist、uh, and provide account to assist. People in Ukraine、uh, for 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 the refugees, and we also provided uh, uh, health supplies、uh, to people in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Medical supplies.、Um, yes, medical and hygiene supplies.、Uh, I don't know the specific terms, 
personal hygiene supplies to to mm-hmm. uh, to people of Ukraine. So um, that's for the government part, but I see uh, more momentum from the people of Taiwan. Um, they are NGOs, uh, volunteers uh, who who actually organize events to uh, gather supplies, including some food. What are your thoughts on how the U.S. has reacted or been handling this situation? And do you think that we can draw any conclusions about how the U.S. would handle a situation if this was Taiwan being attacked by China? In the weeks leading up to the expanded invasion of Ukraine, uh, there was a lot of uh, signaling by the U.S. government about the potential for an invasion. Uh, but there was uncertainty as to the victory of invasion. So uh, now, seeing that it was correct, it seems like a different move by the Biden administration who was able to frame the invasions before it began. The U.S. has blocked Russian oil imports uh, send weapons supplies to Ukraine, block Russia banks from SWIFT, but also in a move to prevent escalation. So hold it a ballistic missile test and block Poland from sending fighters to Ukraine at this point now. So these are clearly moves uh, calculated to prevent escalation while also responding uh, to attack on the legitimacy of the international order. From how the U.S. has handled Ukraine, how do you think the U.S. would react if it was Taiwan being attacked by China? I think, um, as I mentioned earlier, they'll probably uh, block Chinese imports, like oil imports, um, send weapons to Taiwan, (laughs) block Chinese banks from Sweden, but again, uh, move to prevent escalations. So basically what they are doing to Ukraine, uh, but with a firmer um, position. Um, And this time they probably will impose sanctions uh, before the war even happened to deter China from making the wrong decisions. If Taiwan were attacked by China, um, I believe there will be uh, more resources uh, coming to Taiwan to help us better defend ourselves. Yeah, and the question is like, how much should Taiwan really count on the support of the US or other nations and is it dangerous to do so? Um, mm, well, I think Taiwan is incredibly valuable to the United States and to the world. So losing Taiwan is not affordable for the United States. Therefore, I think uh, the US support uh, to, to Taiwan, uh, including providing us military assets, uh, providing us intelligence uh, will be very uh, beneficial for, for Taiwan's defense. Uh, but I think some people want uh, assurance, like if China should choose to attack, the United States will send troops. I just don't think it's that fair to ask a country to, you know, unilaterally uh, provide uh, this kind of security a promise to another. It's our duty. It's mm-hmm. it's our responsibility to defend our, ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. But it is also very good to have a superpower like the United States as your ally. 
because they have all the upper hands on technologies, on intelligence, all other kind of uh, resources. So mm -hmm. it is our responsibility. Uh, it is our responsibility to defend uh, ourselves. It's not U.S. Yes, and uh, it is very encouraging, as you mentioned, those uh, surveys uh, indicating that people are willing to defend Taiwan should they come under attack. Yeah. Yes. Is there anything else that you think we should be discussing regarding the situation in Ukraine and what that means for Taiwan? Um, that means Taiwan should be better prepared uh, from China's attack. Uh, that means we need to, you know, invest more on um, our defense, um, and that also means we uh, really need to work on um, our relationship with the United States and its allies in uh, Indo-Pacific region. Yeah, I, I think that's that's what we have learned uh, from Ukraine. Um, and also, uh, Ukraine um, put up a good fight, and they are still standing right now. But it appears to me that Russia, um, although appeared to be the second uh, military power uh, of the world, they are having a hard time. So uh, sometimes people need to be confident in themselves. Uh, it's not that bad. I mean, especially mm -hmm. for, for us, we, we, we have um, all the calls. I mean, we are on the right side of the history. And I was just curious, since you mentioned that you were able to interview some students from Ukraine, I was wondering if there's anything that you would like to share or that you learned from talking to them. So I had a chance to talk with one, uh, you know, minority. He is, uh, so his family was not from Ukraine. Um, his family moved to Soviet Union uh, before uh, the revolution. Um, and they were, they look like um, Asians because they are mm -hmm. uh, believed to be from uh, Korea or Mongolia. But then they were older to move to uh, western part of Russia uh, during uh, the Soviet Union time because of their policies, you know, trying to uh, manipulate different races to hate each other. Um, mm -hmm. So then later in the after two, three generations, they were moved to uh, southern part of Ukraine, actually really near to Crimea. So their mm -hmm. parents, although you know being somehow mistreated at um, during the Soviet Union time. Uh, but still, they have this kind of nostalgic feeling to the great Russian Empire, the great Soviet mm -hmm. Empire. They feel at the mm -hmm. very at that time, uh, Soviet was strong, and people at least have uh, you know food on the table, and they mm -hmm. feel proud. But this war, um, especially after February, they 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 have witnessed the brutalities of uh, of the Russian army. He told me that in Ukraine there were people who are sympathizing Russian. Uh, there were people uh -huh. uh, sympathizing Crimea um, and, mm. and the Donbass area's uh, decision to be annexed to Russia. Oh, well, actually, to be mm -hmm. recognized as republic. But uh, mm -hmm. but after the February uh, invasion, 99%, is, is, especially in the younger generation, have decided one thing. They have to fight. They they are Ukrainians. There's no, uh, you know, sympathizing Russian Factions mm. in the government mm -hmm. 
or in the parliament this does not exist anymore this word only make ukraine people stronger make ukraine people understand who they are and what they are uh, seeking for uh, in in the next two or three three generations uh, independence for independence because otherwise this kind of conflicts will continue it could be donbas it could be crimea it could be other places in Ukraine. They are going to ask for more land. They need no compromise. They need no negotiations. They will just use coercive power on every single thing. Um, and if we back up this time, what's going to be our, our, our decision next time? We are going to give more land. We are going to uh, provide more uh, you know, unfair. Uh, we are going to sign more unfair treaties. So these things um, become clear uh, to the people of Ukraine and this invasion awake I mean whole people of Ukraine this will actually establish a real sovereign state um, after the war so I, I think he thinks we think uh, Putin are making a really bad decision if what he is uh, seeking a Soviet empire um, then he already failed the moment he decided to have a total war against uh, Ukraine. Right. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's interesting to know, to see how it's impacted the people on Ukraine, like more from an insider perspective. I want to thank you so much. Thank you, Felicia. Thank you very much for the yeah. invitation. I, I, I have great time to rethink <laughs> uh, the questions that you ask. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for for having me today okay so thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to be on the podcast i appreciate it thank you have a good one arfit speaking with Quantin chen the ceo of taiwan next gen foundation about the situation in ukraine this episode of talking taiwan has been sponsored by taiwan elite alliance and the taiwanese united fund the Taiwan Elite Alliance was established in 2000 to promote Taiwanese and Taiwanese-American arts and literature and to protect and enhance the human rights, freedom, and democracy of the people in Taiwan. The Taiwanese United Fund is an arts and culture foundation that celebrates the cultural heritages of Taiwanese-Americans. Established in 1986, the foundation's mission is to facilitate cultural exchange between the Taiwanese-American community and other American cultural communities, hoping to enrich and expand our cultural experiences. To learn more about TUF, visit their website at www.tufusa.org. If you enjoyed this episode, go on over to Audible or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. Tell a friend about us or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There will list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.